I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm going to say good morning to C Montana. What's going on, my brother? What's happening, bro? You're right, yeah? Bro, well, first I want to say I'm honoured. You don't really do interviews. <laughs> no, not really. I think this is like kind of... I mean, I've done interviews, but not like a, like a proper interview like this. Like, I've done other ones and link up talking about, like, jewellery, but not with, like, my face shown and a few others. But, yeah, this is, like, kind of, like, my first, like, proper one. Just, just, just in relation to that, what made you want to actually, like, do an interview now? I mean, I feel like there was loads of people, like, obviously kind of, like, because I haven't done, like, interviews or anything like that, and the people always asking, and I felt like I'd just give this a time for the fans and for like people to kind of get understanding of me who I am and just like as an artist and what I do and kind of just answer some questions and just give something back to the people that want to know because I notice that a lot of people always asking stuff they want to find out things so I thought why not yeah like I said to you that off mic I mean off camera that a lot of people were putting on my interviews like yo see Montana see Montana it's the name that came up the most and I was like, yeah, like people really wanted to like see us sit down. And the first thing I want to get onto is like your latest EP. It's an EP, right? It's an EP, right? EP mixtapes. I don't even yeah. know what you call them. But yeah. Eight tracks. I guess it's an EP, right? Okay. And um, first, I want to say, bro, it exceeded my expectations. Do you hear me? I felt like as a listener, I felt like you were hungry. You're proving a point, like in life and as well as rap-wise. How do you assess um, your last project and your mindset behind making it? I mean, like, I feel like that was probably one of my best projects I've ever done. And in terms of like my mindset, I feel like, I don't know, like when I went to prison and I was in jail and stuff, it was like, I was just writing so much. And I don't know, man, when you kind of get put in them type of environments, I don't know, like you change a little bit, I feel. Like you kind of like, there's some, well, as long as you can kind of like know how to change and kind of use that as to kind of, and I just kind of used what I was going through at the time and the hours that I was like just stuck inside of a prison so to kind of write and do you understand just to, um and then that's kind of what I did. Yeah Jumpy for me it showed like it showed me rap versatility do you get me like you was really like flows lyrics bars all of that man like how what was your mind not what was your mindset when you made Jumpy were you like saying like, I want to show people I can I could do more. Do you know what is it? I just started zoning out and stuff, man. I started getting these beats, like getting loads of like different beats, and then I, I just was trying to like do something that I haven't done before, like trying to change different flows and like kind of. I just wanted to kind of step out of my comfort zone, and so that's where kind of like Jumpy came from, and it was like, I don't know. I thought it was just something different. Plus, I was doing like kind of drill as well, and so I thought like it was like a kind of mixture of drill, a little bit of rap. And it, and it just went good when I just heard it. It just felt right. Bro, we were talking also about, like, you know, you referenced some, like, legal fees. We're going to get into that in a, in a second, but, bro, those numbers just sound astronomical, bro. Like, some people don't make that even in 10 years, bro, just from, like, 
the whole legal fees, like when you're putting that in, the, in, in your lyrics, bro, like you're letting people know how real it really gets. I mean, like in terms of like my legal fees, like I can obviously understand they are kind of like ext extremely, but it's in proportion with the team I got. Because I obviously have one of the best legal teams in the country representing me at the moment, like the best barristers, the best solicitors, and they're quite well known in their field. But like, yeah, like I think up to now I've maybe spent coming up to like 700k. I think by the time if it goes to trial, hopefully it doesn't. Probably excess maybe 900 to a million. But luckily for me, I've got friends and stuff like that, so I'll pull in favors. Do you understand? I, like, I pulled in a lot of favours and I borrowed a lot of money off people in order to kind of get them bills paid and kind of get it sorted. But for me, I just don't feel you can put money on, on your life. And I feel like, you, like when you're in certain situations and you're innocent, you should, you should literally just try to do the best that you can within your situation. But yeah, I, I definitely get what you mean though. Like the, the legal fees, they're, they're crazy. I mean, even even when, you're sp when you found out how crazy the fee, like, were you even taken aback a bit for kids? Wait, this is, this is, these numbers actually even. To be honest with you, yeah. At the time, I didn't give, it, I didn't give a shit. <laughs> so listen, make it, make it go to fucking five million. We're going to spend every penny till we broke. <laughs> Do you understand? So at, 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 the at the beginning, it was like, listen, this is, this is your freedom. Like, like money, you can always make it back. And, do you understand? So for me, like, I did like, at certain points, I was like, whoa, this is getting a bit mad now. Do you understand? But then it's like, it's like, what can you do? Do you understand? You just have to just, just try your best within your situation with what you can do. Bro, you see the music, was the music, was any of the songs written in jail? Was it when you, at prison or was it when you came out? Uh, I'd say quite a decent amount of them were written in jail. And then some of them were like, uh, written when I was, when I came out of prison. Do you know what it is, yeah? It was like, because I went to jail, like, I was like, well, f well I'm 31 now, so it's like going to prison like at 31 years old and stuff, it's like, I don't know, man, it's like you're with kids, do you understand? Not like that, but you're with like young guys, everyone's shouting, banging their doors, this and that. It's, I don't know, it was, it was like a big kind of, sh it was a big shock to my system. Like the first two weeks is like a big shock, like just like being in like, um, like just, tw and it's COVID at the time. So it's like a 23 hour bang up. So certain times you're going out for an hour, sometimes it's 30 minutes. So you're literally stuck in there every day. And then you're in Thameside, you can't even get a phone. You can't even buy a phone in there. Do you understand? You know that like other prisons, you can get a phone, you can talk to people with that phone. It's, it's Thameside dead. So you can't even use a phone or anything like that. So it's just like, I don't know, man. It's, I can't lie, it's like, it's a shock. <laughs> it's a shock, but at the same time, you just got to stay focused and like, do you understand? I'm also a strong believer in God, do you understand? And so I believe that everything happens for a reason. You kind of just got, whatever comes your way, whatever hits you, you just got to kind of face it, don't give up and just, just keep moving forward. So like, I'm kind of like, I feel like jail is either going to make you or it's going to break you. And no matter what my situation will ever be, bro, jail will never break me. So. Well, because I wonder, because I'm thinking that like, if you're writing, like, Writing from lockdown, you, you have to take your mind away from your current circumstance unless you're writing about being banged up. So, I won't say is it therapeutic, but was it helping you get away from... And how were you getting... Like, how was the beats happening? Like, was it... 
if you could speak on how you even know, we just writing without instrumentals or? Oh, I was just writing without instrumentals. So it's literally, it was, it was just writing. It was just like, like some of the songs they were like, sometimes it would be like a 16 from this track with an eight ball from a whole complete different track with that. And then it was kind of just like, mess, like messing around with it. And then it was just like, kind of reminiscing on like, and it was just like, just kind of, um, yeah. I don't know, it was just, like I read a lot as well. So even whilst I was in prison, because I, I do read quite a lot just in general, even in and out of prison. So a lot of my time while I was in prison, I used it reading. So I was just reading different entrepreneurial books and books on spirituality and etc. So I used a lot of that as uh, to help me get through like what was going on at the time. And obviously my paperwork. Cool, bro. We're gonna, like I said, I, I really like the project. I think the project's, I think you, like people say, you overdid yourself, bro. Like it, it was, and for me, the, the thing is, is like, I feel, I wish I heard that, I wouldn't say that energy before, but, but I realised how good you are. And I think more music of that type of standard and quality and output, I think your names would have been, you know the names everyone mentions as being up there. But just on a rap tip, like, do you, people always say they think they're the best, but do you think like you're, you're up there, do you feel like you're overlooked? Okay, let's say like, I, I do get a lot of people saying like you're overlooked or this or that, or when I say I'm up there, like, um, like, when I say I have a mad passion for music, I, I don't know. I do like music, do you understand? But I feel like I need to be a bit more consistent and stuff like that. And maybe like, um, I just feel like if music goes, it goes. If it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't care. I'm still gonna make money regardless. Do you understand? So for me, it's music's like. Um, sorry, what was the question again? So I can answer it properly. No, I'm saying, like, do you feel like musically, like you've been overlooked? Like, you know, like, people should be seeing you up there. But oh, where, where, where do you rate yourself? How do you see yourself within within the cultural space now as a rapper? As a rapper, I, um, I don't know. To be honest with you, I mean, I feel like. I, like, I, I wouldn't put myself next to all the other rappers because I don't think I'm like them. I think I'm different. Do you understand? So I can't, I can't say like, it's hard for me to explain then, do I put myself next to them? Because I wouldn't say I put myself next to them at all because I'm, I'm like, I'm in a completely different category. But, um... Do you know how to get it, bro? I feel like you're good at music. You don't necessarily need it. And it's because you know you could do it, you do it. Kind of, yeah. I do, yeah. Like a lot of people do say that, like, and I and I get like a lot of people, like some of them, like, I, I knew like a lot of like haters and like some people, they don't like it because I already have money before music, so I didn't need a record deal, I didn't need a rap deal, and everything what all you guys are buying, I've already bought years ago, and it's it's, it's not a big deal to me. So I guess some people will see it like, oh, like he doesn't need it, or or they might feel like a bit of like. I don't know, like, not like bitterness or something. Like, I don't have bitterness. I, I, I just, it just is what it is, isn't it? Like, I can't help who I am. I am who I am. So I'm from uh, South London, Clapham Junction, Battersea. I'm from a state called Mesa, so it's right next to Wynn Stanley. Was it like for you then, growing up in Junction? I mean, like, um, like when I was younger and that, it was like, luckily for me and stuff, yeah, like. Like, you know when you grow up in the hood and you grow up in the estate, like, like things are happening. Like, like, I didn't come from like, I come from humble beginnings. So I didn't come from where I had like, 
people in my family that had companies that were CEOs that were doing this or doing that. But luckily, like my mom, she kind of instilled installed this kind of like read, always keep learning, kind of like don't give up kind of attitude from like young. So it's like, even when I was like coming out of my estate and stuff, and even though I used to see things that were going on, like you see people selling drugs, you see people that, you see violence happening, etc. But lucky for me, my, my mom kind of helped me and like kind of put me on the right path in order for me to kind of elevate and make a lot of money. And so for me, that was like, um, that was like, like, like it was difficult, do you understand? So like in terms of like, because it, it's hard when you're growing up, you haven't got that much money, but then you're seeing, I don't know, this guy over there selling a lot of drugs, he's wearing all the latest clothes, driving the latest cars. And then at the time you haven't got any money and then you've got your mum just saying, read books. <laughs> you understand? Because that, that's why I understand why a lot of kids would then kind of take that role and then go on to like maybe selling drugs or doing crime, etc. So for me, it was like, I kind of like, just, my mum literally was just beating that energy into me until a way where then I kind of fell onto trading. And then, um, do you want me to touch more on that? Or yeah, you, we'll get to okay. that, but what, what school did you go to? Oh, so I went to, I went to, what was that school? So I went to, first of all, I went to Joseph Tritton. Yeah, Joseph Tritton. So that was the state on, on Maysal, but then it got demolished and they put apartments there. Then I went to, I think, Highview. So that was on like Plow Road. Oh, Plow Road, yeah. Yeah, Plow Road, yeah. And then after that, I went to secondary school. Then I went to uh, Henry Compton. Then I was, I don't know, I was a bit like, a bit naughty. So then I got kicked out at like year nine and I went to centre in uh, Tooting. I think I heard that, yeah, sort of bad. Yeah, bro, so what, 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 at that point, what was making you, because I feel like you've already touched on that your mum was doing her best to tell you what she felt was the guiding path for you. So year nine, what clicked, why, what made you, like what was happening that you, I won't say rebelling, but you ended up getting kicked out of school? Do you know what it is, yeah? Like, uh, like in school, I don't know, but I was kind of naughty, but man, I was a bit bad. I can't lie. I was a little bit bad when I was when I was younger. Like I got sent to my dad's quite a lot and stuff like that. So I got sent to my dad's quite a lot, and then and then like you know like just when you're in school, you hang. I was like I'd hang around with good kids, and then I'd also hang around with like the naughty guys as well. So it's like I was kind of like doing a bit of both. It's you understand. So and I was just always getting. I just always always getting into trouble. But it wasn't that deep. It was just like you're just getting. I had a few fights, okay, okay. I had a few fights, do you understand? So I had a few fights, noisy in class, etc. and then the next thing you know, I got kicked out and I went to centre, then... Wait, how did, how did your mum react when she found out you got kicked out? My mum's going mad, <laughs> do you understand? Well, it's, it's like only so much can your mum do, do you understand? Because when, you, when you're getting older, you're like, your mum can't control your life, she can just do the best that she can within her own situation. By the end of the day, my life is my life, so I'm going to have to make my own decision. Are you, are you, what's, what's your, sorry, what's, how many siblings do you have? Uh, so I have, okay, so from my mum's side, I have one, three. And, and, I, and I have three and one brother, and then literally my dad just went mad. And then, listen, we're gonna, we're gonna do numbers in a minute. <laughs> so I have like, I have like, from my dad's side, I have one, two, I think I have five. I think I have five and, and I have a brother, uh, two, Two brothers. I think I have about five sisters and two brothers on my dad's side. Yeah, the guy's crazy. The guy's <laughs> black Jamaican, black Jamaican men. <laughs> what can you say? Yeah. 
because I remember, because like I said, I remember hearing about Santa and that. Um, like, what did that? I don't know what. what I'm trying to. Waste time. This is what I'm saying. Like, it's not. You're not going to gain self-esteem going there. Senator, Senator is literally bullshit. Yeah. Like you go there, I got kicked out of Senator as well. Do you understand? So it's like, so what happened then? Because I think like legally you have to be seen to be in. I got kicked out of there. Yeah, like literally everyone, everyone was just like, it was like, it was like a youth centre, but it's like everyone just acted mad. And then you got like, you got like all the different areas from like Streatham and like, was there anyone from Brixton now? I'm not sure, but like all the surrounding areas from like Tooting, they like all go there. So all the other guys that got kicked out and blah, blah, blah. And then I'd kind of like, I just, I don't know, man. Like when I was younger, I just did get into a little bit of trouble. Yeah. So no college then? Mm, no, I never, I've never been college. So this is the part which I find interesting is like, and we'll touch on the businesses. The entrepreneurial mentality obviously wasn't through the educational no way. system. So, so where did that come from then? That definitely came from my mum. So that, so, that, so, that, so that, it's like, I didn't really like reading books when I was younger, but cause it was like, no, you have to read your book. Do you understand? You have to do this. If you want that game, you have to read this book. You want this, you have to read that. And so it's like, I was reading it and then, I'm, and then it's like, I, st- I have like a passion for reading books, you understand? So I started reading all these different entrepreneur books and I'll be reading all these different books on business and it's like, you're getting aspects from other people's lives. And then it's like taking bits of information from this book, that book, this book, that book, then you're kind of making it into a big picture and it's like a jigsaw. And then you take what's relevant out of this one, you put it into that one. And then what it is, is you connect it. And then once you connect it together, then you have a foundation. And then through that, I kind of started to use that. And then also I used YouTube as well. Cause then I, I'd, watch, I'd watch a lot of stuff from like entrepreneurs and I'd, I'd look at things that they, weren't, that they weren't doing good. And then I'd think, I'll do it that way. And it's just like literally like loads of trial and error. Like I used to like sell sweets at school. I, I used to like sell anything, anything I'd get my hands on to make a little 20 pound paper rounds, this, that, like a hundred, like, and then it was like a certain, like I think I was doing paper round and selling like bare little dodgy things and stuff like that. And, and then it was like legal things and stuff, but I'm just saying, just making like little, little hustles and stuff. And then like, I was making like a hundred pound a week and I don't know, I think I'm like 14 or 15 or something or something like that. And like, for me, it was like, when I used to go to school, my mum used to give me like two pound. And then you got all these other guys, yeah. And they're coming in with fibers, do you understand? And that, Bro, they're buying the sausage, the chips, they're buying the... They're, I'm saying, bro, my money don't stretch that far, do you get me? And then now, like, I'm making £100 a week, yeah, I'm walking into, like, the Londies, yeah. Like, this shit's like heaven. Like, I don't know, as a child, yeah, it's like heaven because, like, man can buy the big packets of sweets. Man don't have to buy the 10p chomps. Man don't have to... Man's buying the... Like, man's gas. Man just... Man, I can't lie. Like, certain, at certain points in my life, yeah, like... Even like before I became a millionaire and stuff like that. When I walked into when I walked into these shops and I spent like twenty pounds on sweets, I thought I was balling. Like I was a billionaire. I was gone. You can't chat to me. I'm hot shit. Do you get me? It was like, yeah, I had some like fun times. I think yeah, I had some fun times. Yeah. That's crazy because it's it's true. Like when you, I remember like going to school and like sometimes you only have lunch money and people have money for after school. Yeah, that's <laughs> what like, I mean. You'd be like, oh, bro, can you lend me a pound? I'll pay you tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, but but it's it's but again, bro. Like I already I've already dicked it, bro. You uh, hustlers are word, but bro, you you maximize. You and do you know what the key thing is, bro? Just the way you broke down about how you looked at other people. Like everyone will tell you that like, people leave gems in books. The gems are in the books. 
and you looked at how to play it. And I think that's something where a lot of, I won't say youth or even, even grown men, bro, they, they, they're disenfranchised. They don't know what to do or how to apply themselves or they're stuck in between. I want to do this, but I don't know how. I want this, but I don't know how to get it. You seem like, bro, you're ready to go get yours, bro. And I attacked it. Like, when, I, when I want something, I attack it. I don't sit back, wait, this, that. If I, got, if I want something, I'm going to work 18 hours, 20 hours a day until I know everything about it. I'm not going to sit there and play any games at all. I need to know it and I'm not, I'm not scared of failure. So I, I don't mind. I fail quite a lot and that's why I succeed quite a lot because I learn from my mistakes. I keep attacking. I have like, I don't, I mean like when you're growing up at first, like I kind of had this like mentality of like, um, like, like just money, just, just all I want is money, 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 money. And, but then as I've kind of grown older and stuff like that and started to kind of understand money better, it's not about, it's not about money. It's more about family. You kind of got to do family first and then money after because at the end of the day, this money, it comes and it goes and you got to make sure you put the important things first. And for me, it was like, because I've made a lot of money, then I've gone broke, then I've made a lot of money, and I've gone, and, but it's always been like an uphill trajectory, but like dips and, but for me, it, it was like understanding, um, like, I understand who I am as a person and I understand like the fundamentals of me. So I don't have like an attachment to watches, to jewelry, to car. Like to me, I look at myself, I say I am money. Like there's no one that can come here and tell me I ain't. Do you understand? Even if I was wearing a Nike tracksuit or I was wearing like Zara, you can't tell me. I'll, I'll tell you you're lying. I'll tell you I'm rich. I'm extremely rich. And whatever you're going to tell to me, I'm gonna t I don't care what anyone else says. In my mind, that is what I believe and that's it. So for me, it was like, I just always, I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's easy to make money. I feel like once you go through everything and you start to learn and you start to evaluate and you're not scared and you attack things, like I always try business ventures, not all of them work out. Shall we talk about, what was the first business that you, you tried to set up? All right, let's say my, okay, I've, I've had like loads of like little ones. I mean like, um, I'd say I was doing like paper round, I was doing like the little sweets thing, but my first actual business that, and to, to be honest with you, I was lucky because my first actual business was successful from the jump. So for me, it was trading. So like when I got older, I, got in, I started to get into trading around, I think around 20 years old. So around 20, I started to like- That's, man, that's really early doors, you know, that is early doors. Man, they weren't really doing, I don't, I don't, wait bro, how did, you, how did you luck onto that trading though? Do you know what it is? Because obviously I, I look at like, just, just like through the books and stuff and I look at like economics, I look at like inflation, I look at, I, I look at, I like to look at like the world and on like a macro view. And then I like to look at all the type of people that are making the biggest amounts of money and then what type of fields they're in. So i.e. like hedge funds and like property and, and tech and etc. So for me, I was looking at trading and it, it seems something that like, and so I started to get, so I started to, so I started to get into trading so at first I was like, I was making money slowly. I was making mistakes. I burnt money. I blew so many accounts. Do you understand? I'm not going to lie to you. Do you understand? I blew a lot of accounts, like 20 grand gone, 30 grand gone, 40 grand gone. Like there was times I was making like 20 grand in like, in like 10 minutes, half an hour and stuff like that. Then I kind of moved to Canary Wharf where, um, where my friend was doing like, at the time he was doing like a kind of trading thing and he was on like the BBC on like some traders kind of, his thing that so I was working there a lot. And then through there, this one kind of life changed, but this is where it came to networking and stuff. 
because then when you're on Canary Wharf, you're meeting up with like all these different banking guys and all these people that are all in the same field. So you're all going to the same places to eat, to lunch. And then what happened was I started to get privy to certain information. Got, I got that like, information before the general public got it. And then that literally, my life completely changed. And then like, I literally became a millionaire, I think at like 22. And then like, I was literally like living so much of like a, a crazy life. Like I was living in Germany. I, was li I lived in Dubai about six years ago. I was living in Marbella. I lived in Barcelona. And so literally I was making so much money and it was just from the things of my laptop. And just through like, and just through kind of trading on certain information that I was getting handed before anybody else had it. And then that's when like, my money literally went exponential. And so I was literally living in all these different places and I was buying all these watches and I was buying all this jewelry. And for me, it was like, I, I, just, I just feel like my life literally just like took off. And then also at the time I was living in China, I set up a company in Dubai. So I was shipping, I was shipping containers so I was shipping containers with like toys and I was doing cosmetics and I was shipping it to the UK and I was also shipping it to Dubai where I had my company because I had like my UAE, my UAE and stuff like that and I'd registered over there in like the free zone. And um, yeah, I think that was like, that was, I've had like shops, I've had clothing shops, I've, I've had loads, of, I've invested into people. Sometimes they fucked up, fucked up the whole investment. Like I've done better, I've literally had loads of, I could probably do maybe 10, do you understand? And I have also I have investments in Africa and stuff like that. So I have investments in Africa that are going good also. And um, I'm trying to think what else. I'll say I'll say the training thing was like kind of like the main thing that kind of pushed me. And then from me then grossing in all that money, that's when I started to pivot in between different businesses. And then to oh yeah, and I do property. So I do property service accommodation, so I have a few properties. So what I do with that is I, I'll buy, like, say, for instance, like four or five bedroom property, then I'll split it into like apartments. So say, for instance, I'll buy like five and split it into like, and do service accommodation. So I do stuff like that as well. And um, what else? Yeah, and I think like, um, they were like the main things. That I do. And I got like silver, gold and stuff like that. Like I got silver bars, gold bars and that type of stuff and that. But you know what's mad when I hear that is um like bro, okay, cool. When you're okay, when you're moving up the financial ladder, yeah, like like what changes? Not you knew, but what what do you start feeling changes? You start feeling because I know I, I remember our friends who were working and maybe in around that time there was a few guys who were up in Canary Wharf and they're making a lot of money and no one could understand. They were thinking like, well, because the money in that world can be crazy, but you're still from where you're from. So does it does it start to create a bit of I'll say jealousy with friends, but does it start to be like, right, like I mean like you get the jealousy and hate. Don't get me wrong. You get it, like I've had friends like old friends backstab me, steal money, do all these things, but like some people they let that shit consume them. I don't let it consume me. I get it, cut you out of my life, I'll move on. Do you understand? Because if you let all that, if you let their jealousy or their negative energy come into your space, it's like you're allowing it, then it kind of becomes a part of you. I invested into this guy's company, then he ran off with my money or he bumped me or I, I, I feel burnt by that. Now I don't want to invest in anyone else. No, it is what it is. Cut our losses, move on, we go again. Do you understand? So, and like jealousy, like you get like jealousy like from 
like from like growing up and stuff like that maybe people might not like you or etc but like I feel like me even as growing up I didn't have like loads of friends like even now I don't have loads of friends and even when you look at my music like if you look at my music it kind of looks like I'm like an extrovert or people that know me personally know I'm an introvert I don't like to I don't really like to socialize I don't like to go clubbing I don't really like to party I don't really like to party that much and you don't really see me in the clubs or like the things that I like to do, they're like, I don't know, like people, okay, people like they say it's a bit nerdy, the things I like to do, <laughs> you understand? Because I, I don't know, I, I just like, I mean, I want to live a nice life, so I want to live in a nice place, I want to drive a nice car, and I, and I like to travel a lot, do you understand? Go to different countries, etc., and stuff like that. And so, um... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I mean, like, for, for me, I mean, like, for me, the hate and the jealousy, like, it's, it's normal. Like, if you're making money, you're from the hood, you're coming out of there, like, this, is, this stuff's normal. You got it. You, like, embrace it. Do you understand? Like, like, for instance, like, people will say stuff like, um, like, also, at the same time, if you're a scared guy, don't go buy expensive jewellery. Do you understand? Because at the end of the day, this is London. It's a dangerous place at the end of the day. If you're walking around with, like, expensive watch, expensive jewellery, you're going to have people, they're going to try to find out where you live, trackers on your car, burn your irons, kidnap you. Like, that's what it is. Do you understand? Yeah, and at the end of the day, if you're not about that life, then don't show your face. Mm. So I feel like, I feel like, in terms of that, but me, it's like, Right. Bro, so, bro, let me just let me just jump in there, bro, because I guess this is probably more like what external people think. You just touched on it, bro. Like people are looking, thinking. I remember you. I told you. I said when I saw you do, do the RM, I didn't know what an RM was. Mm-hmm. You're the first artist I remember buying it, and I remember I saw it. It was what made you think. It was on all the um, the blogs. It's like I think Bane Bane did have one first. Yeah, but that's a small one. Okay, cool. Bane, okay, Bane, then yourself, right? But your one, it's like, it just seemed like, because you say, if you're saying you're an introvert, but it seemed like, yeah, look at this. Like, come, like, check it. And that's the dichotomy where people are going to be like, so why, why would you do that part then? All right, so look, yeah, I feel like I have two sides to me. Like, multiple personality. Do you understand? Sometimes I'm, okay, look, any, if anybody that you speak to that actually personally knows me, they tell you, you come around him, he's calm, he's quiet, you don't really talk that much. Do you understand? You switch on the camera on the guy's gasp. Do you understand? So it's, like, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to like. Well, but I don't know. I just I can't I can't explain it. Is it because you're not a rapper? 
Yeah, I think that, yeah. I think I think that's what it is because it's like it's hip hop, isn't it? That hip hop, obviously, I was around one of my friends, uh, obviously BP, Jonathan, and it's like like even like jewelry. He was more into jewelry than I was into jewelry. I'm not even really into jewelry like that. Like, and even so, I had people ask me loads of stuff about watches, this watch, this Rolex green dial, blue dial. Listen, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. I know I've got watches, but I don't have a clue. This Patek 57, this... Listen, I don't know. I asked my cousin, what watch do I get? He says, get this one, get that one, get this one. That's it, done. I don't know nothing about watches, apart from the ones I own. But when people ask me all these different questions, like, I'm fucking the jewellery guy. I might have bare jewellery. I'm still not the jewellery guy. I'm not, I, don't, I don't watch it. So, bro, so like, look, so, okay, cool, so, like you're saying, but then there's a time where, like, all these things, like, you got, that's, that's, that's the RM, right? Yeah. Like, bro, this is, I'm not trying to do the numbers, this is a pricey exterior, mm-hmm. right? Does it ever, like, when you said you don't like going out, was that because, it could be part of your personality, but is it because, like, it's kind of flames now, you're hot? No, it's not, it's, it's, it's not really because of that, it's because I just don't like to be in places where there's loads of people. I don't like loads of people around me. So sometimes I, I sometimes that sometimes like I do go because remember I don't really I haven't really lived that long in the UK to be honest with you I've always lived in other countries so I was always so sometimes I go so I guess in a way partying in other countries it was better but even then I still didn't really like it too much you understand but yeah in in a sense it, it is like kind of like a bit bait now because my face is quite well known and stuff like that but um, I think like like the RM I wear it sometimes. Not all the time. Like, come on, you're walking. I'm walking around with like what a three hundred and thirty thousand pound watch on my wrist. Do you understand? Like, it's not cheap. Do you understand? Do you know what these people? Do you know what these little kids would do? They'll tear your. They will tear. They will chop your arm off for it. Do you understand? But at the end of the day, like, um, I mean, like, just know what you're doing. So how do you, okay, so cool. And it's not in specifics, but I'll get anxiety, bro. I can't even lie to you. I have severe anxiety, like, cause however you attained what you got. You didn't steal it from nobody. This is your own thing. But to know that there may be somebody's like thinking, right, like, is that is that CM? I, that, bro, that it, it's, I guess it's training in a way, but doesn't it create a bit of anxiety and paranoia at all? Exactly. I mean, like, obviously I'm, I'm from the hood. Do you understand? I'm from the roads. Like, I, I did grow up in the States, so I'm no, I'm no like, stranger to, like, I mean, I've, me personally, like, I've never shot anyone, I've never stabbed anyone, I've never done any violence before myself, apart from fighting with my hands. But I'm saying, like, I've seen all of that stuff. So for me, it's, it's, it's not like... I don't fear, like, I don't have fear with, like, these people. Or say, for instance, you might have these big kidnappers or these big robbers or this person's killed that person, that person's killed this person, like... That doesn't mean I don't give a shit who you killed or I don't give a fuck who you kidnapped or what gangster you knocked out or blah, blah, blah. That don't mean nothing to me. So for me, I don't have no fear, but I'm not saying that I can't walk down the road and get knocked down. Someone, anyone can do that. Not just a gangster or someone who's killed someone. Like a school teacher can come, she's going to knock you out from behind, take your watch off. So, but in terms of like these other people, I don't give a shit. Do you understand? That's just, like, I don't give a, like, it is what it is. But at the same time, I'm not going to, go and then go into the hood and then walk into an estate with a Richard Mill on either. Do you understand? But that's like, bro, just, uh, like, I feel like even when you, when you first came out and then, was it Buses Back, yeah? yeah? Yeah, bro. That energy, it's not defiance, but it's like a man's man in a way, like, yeah, I know this is happening, but, but I don't give a shit. That's when I listened to that song, it's like, you were just almost like, like, bro, I don't care about the haters, I don't care about the feds. I get my money, I'm doing me, fuck you. That's how, that's how I took it. That's how I took it when I listened to it. It's like, 
like again, like obviously, I can. Is this about what like the court case you're meaning? Like, no, no, just like I'm talking about like, the energy that like, we just okay, saying about like okay. you don't you don't concern yourself about those other things. I said I get that also in the music as well. Yeah, I feel like I feel like what's written is written. Do you understand? Like I believe in God. Do you understand? So it's like whatever my path, whether it's gonna lead, it's gonna lead. I'm gonna pray and I'm grateful at the same time. But wherever my path leads me, then that's where it goes. Bro, let's let's get as much as we can. Not as much as we can, but talking on the case. Um, first off, you're innocent, right? Because I remember, I can't remember what the song was. You talking about like they came, that they had the, the they had the guns with the beam, like bro, it's mad descriptive, bro. Like I'm thinking, I'm is this? It sounds like a movie. It sounds like a movie. So, bro, like, the day it happened, when they came and got you, like, like, walk me through that day, bro. All right, so, so basically, I was, I think I was, I was at my mate's apartment. I was literally, um, there was like a few people there, and then like, they left or whatever. And then, um, next thing you know, I was went. I walked into like the um, the kitchen area to go grab some food, and then I was literally I was sitting down, and then next thing you know, I've just seen all the doors come off. So I see the first door come off, and I'm, and the next thing you know, I'm seeing like about 10, 15 police officers running the house with guns on, with guns drawn and stuff like that, and then they're telling me free, stay where you are, blah blah blah. So I'm kind of like like shaking a little bit, like my hand shaking, it's just like shaking a little bit. And then I just, I was just quiet. And then they just, and then they just came up to me and then they just said, uh, they said my name and they said, we're arresting you for importation of cocaine, importation of heroin, conspiracy, cocaine, conspiracy, heroin. And then literally uh, I was arrested and then I was brought into the station. And then um, I was brought into the, I was brought into the police station and then that's where they kind of charged. They, I was there for like a few days. I did no comment interview. I called my lawyers and then um, they charged me in court and then I was sent to prison. So like, emotionally, what's that doing to you though, bro? That, it just seems like it's a whirlwind. I mean like, obviously like, I understand that also innocent people can go to jail. So obviously a lot of people ask me like, like, how do you just like you just act normal like like with this big weight over your shoulders and stuff like that like because I think the sentencing guidelines what is I'll be looking at maybe 25 to like 35 years because um, like the police like the police they're basically saying is that I was bringing in multiple uh, multiple shipments of cocaine and heroin a week and that how I think I can't remember I have to look at my paperwork but I think they were trying to say that. I brought in around 300 kilos or something like that in, in a, like a four week period, or I think so. Something, something like that they, they, they said on my paperwork. And so for me, and so for me, it was like, um, for me, it was like, I didn't have a clue like what was going on here. Do you understand? Because like, I've never sold drugs in my whole life. And like when they, and then their whole evidence against me is like, they have no surveillance of me. They have not, and I'm being arrested by like SO15, Counterterrorism, Scotland Yard, they were like the squads that got sent for me. And then there was like other people that were arrested in like another block. And then they had like multiple all vans like all outside. And then like their whole evidence against me was they're saying that I had some encrypted phone and that that phone was mine. 
and I didn't get arrested with this phone, and that's their whole case against me, is they're trying to say that this phone is yours. And for me, it's like, when I look back, like, I understand why some people, because of, you can listen to my raps and then sometimes you might hear me, I'm rapping about maybe drugs or I'm rapping about guns or I'm rapping about this or I'm rapping about that. By the end of the day, you, you, also, you also have to understand, like, even if you look at like the drill or what's in the charts now and you look at it, this is what they're rapping about. Some of them are rapping about killing people, murdering people. You've never killed anyone in your life. Do you understand? We know that you're not a killer. Do you understand? You're just a rapper. So, if, so for me, I can understand where people like in the YouTube comments were looking and say, look, he's like, kind of like, because like, imagine you're, you're making all your money from trading and you're making millions from trading and trading's not the end thing. Am I going to go start rapping about I'm some trader from Canary Wharf who wears a suit and blah, blah, blah. What was the end thing was drugs your kind of gangster or your kind of this or your kind of that. And then when you kind of got to look at things, like you look at like someone like, say for instance, like Rick Ross, for instance, he was talking about bringing in tons of cocaine from South America into, um, into Miami port. He was not bringing in an ounce, do you understand? <laughs> he, was a, he was a security, he worked in a prison as a, like no disrespect to Rick Ross or anything like that, but he, you were a correctional officer. Do you understand? So for me, it's like the police are kind of like they're like saying my rap videos talk about selling drugs. So what they're using rap videos and, and a phone that's not mine as like. So for me, it's, it's one of them things where. Like, I, I can't delve too much into it because it's you understand, because if it does go in front of a jury, then I will explain my situation. Do you understand? And then it's like the police was just like through my case, they were just doing a lot of dirty moves and dirty things regarding my situation and some things that could come in light that put me in a positive light, the police are hiding it. And, um, well, so... Uh, I think it's all, it's all circumstantial. I think it's hard to really... Because my mum's a lawyer, my mum's a solicitor. Mm -hmm. So it's... But it's, it's when, when the quote-unquote state bring charges against mm -hmm. individuals and then I think they paint a character. And I think it's a lot of it is a character assassination black guy, talks about selling drugs, got a lot of money, X, Y, and Z, that's his. That's layman's terms. Obviously there's nuances to it, but in layman's terms, because it's, it's obvious, like you're saying, bro, like, you paint a picture like you'd be successful from other means, mm -hmm. and you weren't in possession of what they claim, so. Yeah, exactly, I was not arrested with no drugs, I was not arrested with money, I was not arrested with anything. And then it, it, just, it, just, got, it just goes to the thing of like, even if you ask anybody from my area, so if you ask anyone from like Clapham Junction, Battersea or anything like that, they'll tell you, number one, this guy's never sold drugs. They say he's a fraud. He's never sold drugs, he's never shot anyone, and he's never stabbed anyone. And, and this is just stuff that, but then when you might go into YouTube now, it might paint like a different picture from the comments and that. But at the same time, I understand that because what have I rapped about? And then what have I shown? Do you understand? I, I haven't shown the, the Forex stuff until like, kind of like now with all my crypto stuff, with my crypto group, Stocks and Pips that I've been doing, my partners, JV and, um, and um, yeah. Some people that I grew up with, maybe they didn't do like the best things. Do you understand? But at the, at the same time, like I stayed away from it 
but at the same time, you can't help like who you grew up with or who you know. Because like you could be like, like you're, I don't know, there could be like some top shot lawyer and his brother's a murderer. Does that then make him a murderer? Do you understand? Or, is, or he might have a friend that's from school who was selling drugs and, he's, and maybe he's a drug. Does that then make the lawyer a drug dealer? I won't say there's any regrets, but you know you said about painting a picture um, that doesn't all the way tally up to an extent, right? Do you ever regret putting out certain types of songs or, you know, framing things that... Or was it never that deep? I don't think it was... I don't think it was like that... I just feel like it was music, like it's not, it's, it's not like that, do you understand? So, but like, like, when you mean certain types of music, I don't know, I just feel like, like all the music I've done is like all the music that kind of everybody's done, like Jay-Z's done and like, I feel like kind of that's like, I know that for some people obviously it's their life and it's their background and it's what they've been through, but like, I mean, like I saw all that stuff growing up. But I mean, that's what I mean. It's not. It's not foreign that you've seen it. It's not like yeah, oh, like it's not like it's it's everyday occurrences. Like and especially being from South London. Like anyone who's from South London knows South London is a lot different than like West, North, East. Obviously, there's gangsters from all over. But obviously, everyone everyone knows South's kind of got the worst. Do you understand? This is where like the majority of the shootings and stabbings are happening. So it's like growing up in South London, you kind of get immune to that that type of behaviour. Like. Well, like when you're growing up, you can look, you can look at where man walks. Like back in the day, you can say, right, my man's from South. <laughs> you can look at someone and say, West. You can look and say, right, that's a bricky. Do you understand? Like when you're from Junction, you can, you can straight away say, right, that's a bricky. Without even, knowing, without even knowing his face, just from his walk, his stance, everything, my man's from Brixton. Do you get me? So, yeah. Bro, so, so what I kind of get to is, this, the case is still pending, right? The legal fees are crazy. So, you know, I'm just, I do super math, simple maths. If you hadn't done well in life on a normal tip, you would have probably been done for. All right. If I didn't pay for my legal fees, I'd have never got bail. Like, literally, I, I wouldn't be out here now having bail, do you understand? And it's like, like, I've, I've got, like my legal team's quite big. So I have two senior solicitors, I have, uh, I have a junior barrister, I have a QC, I have lawyers in France, I have lawyers in Holland, because my case is, is quite big, like, and it branches like, through like, a few countries and stuff. But like, even like, when I was in court and stuff like that, like, just like the firm that's representing me and also um, my QC, she's basically, well, she, everybody says like, she's like, one of the best QCs in the country. And she represents a lot of like high level, high net worth clients. And when I was going for bail, it was like, I was supposed to be going for my dismissal to get my case dismissed. When I was going for, uh, they said they had to wait because of all these other cases. So I couldn't have my dismissal yet. So then I went for bail. And then like the prosecution, they were there saying like, I'm some mastermind drug baron, this I own a jet. They were saying I was making one million pound a week. They were saying, uh, they were saying like just, all these ridiculous things about me and like he doesn't need a passport to get he doesn't matter that he got his passport he will escape he will get out of the country he'll be gone he will disappear he has multiple connections to this country like i'm sitting in here my mom's looking at me saying, like, is this pablo escobar like what like, like what is going on in here and then it's like 
when I'm in the when I'm in the courtroom now, and obviously my family are telling me like when obviously my lawyers and my barristers will come through and stuff like, like all like some of the people in the court they're like, oh my god, she's here, she's here. I'm not gonna say her name, but they're saying like, oh my god, what's her name? She's here, she's here, and they're like a lot of, like the, the people in the court were kind of like, and the people outside the court like the other lawyers, oh my god, what's her name's here, she's here, my man's here, my solicitors are here, stuff like that, and then. She just like she walked into the courtroom and then she just she just went this law that law that law this law this law that law that I don't know what she was saying. <laughs> she just said this that this that that this this that can't do this can't do that can't do this can't do that. like and obviously she's a judge as well. And so she was just like saying all of these things and then next thing you know I was granted bail. <laughs> and then literally I feel like if you can spend the money and you can afford it like spend it. Do you understand? Like, you can't put a price in your life. And at the end of the day, I don't know where this is going. I don't know if I'm going to end up in jail or if I'm going to be free or not. All I can understand is that I just got to go into that courtroom and, and give my best appearance. And if, I, if it goes to trial, if I go to trial, just give my best thing that I can do to the jury so they can understand that I'm innocent and at the end of the day, this isn't me. It's like almost, it's like people say you shouldn't have like your own private health care and this and that, but... Well, you know, lawyer fees in certain situations, when you're certain, not always say certain life, but, brother, the way, yeah, the way you're, and your thing with me, the papers, bro, it was just like, and what I want to ask you, has this harmed any of your businesses, bro? I, mean, I believe, okay, I believe, okay, I believe it's harmed a little bit with my properties and that with my name. So I think, it's, it's, I think it's caused some issues with me in regards to like getting mortgages and stuff like that. Like, because of uh, some of the checks that they've done and, and like, the police were just doing some really like foul stuff and I don't want to talk too much on it but they were doing some like really foul stuff like I was arrested multiple times since coming out of prison for like driving down the wrong road fight like it just got it got ridiculous and I was even in I got bail and I was still in jail for two weeks because the prosecution were literally like trying to fight the judge and the judge is saying I've already given bail this isn't a question about whether he's getting bail and it was just, yeah. Bro, this is, uh, do you know, it's, it's weird because it's like, like, they do see you as a kingpin, bro. They must do because it's like a lot of energy they're putting in it. And I, do you know, I, actually, let me even leave that because I don't want to go deep in that, but it's just, like, your character to be able to stand up to this type of onslaught, bro. Like you said, you've got faith in God and you've got a good family behind you because I think many people would literally crumble, bro, because it's those numbers that potentially, God forbid, are there, bro. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, at the end of the day, I know why things are happening. Do you understand? And obviously, like, when it gets to court, they will be shown. Do you understand? But I just know that that person and why they're coming for me. I know why they're coming for me, but I've never sold drugs before. But I've never had anything to do with it. And the police know that. But at the same time, that's something for my legal team and for me to discuss. But in terms of... In terms of like going through something like this and like looking at a sentence like this and looking at respectively maybe spending maybe 10 to 15 years in prison, so obviously you do half. So if you get 35, you may do half, 17 and a half, or you do 15, whatever. Yeah, so I mean, at first, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not gonna lie, like the first two weeks when I came out, like, like listen, I was sweating. Do you understand? I was like, I was like, I was like, I was dripping, I couldn't really sleep. Do you understand? I was like, I couldn't really sleep in jail. Well, the first two weeks, after the first two weeks in jail, three weeks, so fuck it, cool. 
But then getting out and then it's like, you might go back in again. That just made more sweat start coming, do you understand? And it was like, and it was like going to sleep and then, and then it was like, I couldn't really sleep that much and stuff like that for like teaching. But then, but then I came to it and then something just kind of come to me and it's like, I think it was something in like an interview that Stinks done, where I think uh, the interviewer was asking Stinks about, um, about like, how do you look at like, going to like a prison or something like that. And then he, he was, and then he was like to me kind of like, um, I mean, not like to me, he was like, to, like with God, do you understand? Like he was saying like, bro, once we were, and it's like, for me, it's like, I haven't just turned like, God, 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 my man's caught a case, now it's God. Do you understand? Like man's been God and people that know me, man's been spiritual for a long time, do you understand? For like seven, eight years, do you understand? I always believe in like, living a certain way. So for me, it was like, when I just said, you know what, God, whatever path you're gonna put me on, I'm gonna take it on the chin, no matter which way it goes in it, and I'm grateful. So even if it goes the worst, I'm still thankful for everything that you've done. And that's how, and that's how I intend to move on with my life, regardless of what situation it goes on. So even if the situation doesn't go well, I'm not gonna say, turn around and say, fuck you, or this or that. I still fully believe in him, whichever way it's gonna go. So for me, that just brought peace in my life. So like, I'm prepared for whichever way it's gonna go, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Oh, bro, me, okay, so, like, I guess we could kind of like, go back to like, first going in. Like, bro, Joe, Joe just feels like it's a weird experience. Bro, I don't know, like, because you said you went in as, a, as an adult, bro. Yeah. Like, being locked in, COVID, like, I, bro, I just don't understand how that, because I would have gone to sleep, woken up and said, actually, this ain't a dream, you know? Listen, listen, I'm not going to, it's like living hell. Listen, maybe you like when kids, when you're going there, you're 20 or 22, maybe it's not that deep, you're young, like, do you understand? But it's like, when you're old, like, you like not old, but I'm 31, I'm grown, I'm an adult, do you understand? And so it's like, like you're looking at this place, and I'm looking at the cell, and like, my bathroom's like five times bigger than the cell. My sitting room is like 10, 20 times bigger than that. Do you understand? So it's like, there's graffiti, do you understand? You wake up, you see graffiti on the top of the bed, the windows are barred up, the toilet, you're covering the toilet with tissue every time you put your ass in it. And then it's like, I don't know, like, I wish you man got canteen, man's got bare canteen or whatever, but like. Did you be sharing with anyone or was it you? Yeah, I was sharing, just what I'm saying. So you're gonna double sell, so you gotta share with man. Do you understand? Like, bro, like you gotta wait for a man, you gotta wait for a man to leave the cell before you can have a bash. Like it's all mad. <laughs> <laughs> You understand? It's all mad. You get me? Bro. And then like... Well, this is how I dub it. And I know... Forgive me, bro. Like, so like... Oh, I'm sound like an idiot. There's no curtains where you're shitting, is it? Or is it like... No. So imagine basically shitting in front of you. Yeah, shitting in front of you. So, so if I'm here, if I, so where you're, where you're standing, you, you'll be shitting over there. And no, there's no... I mean, people do make these little like, like curtains and stuff like that. But like, you can't, we, you can't actually see man shitting unless you get up out of your bed and look at man. If you're laying down and you're watching the TV, you can't see, man. Do you understand? But, like, the area is very tiny and you can smell it. That's not what you're That's not It's a horrible place. It's a horrible place because, do you know, but at the same time, like, it can, I feel like it can help you as well. It lets you know who's, who's there for you, what's real in life. It makes you evaluate and stuff like that. So there's, like, pros and cons with it, you know? But, listen... I wish prison a nobody. 
I do not ever wish for anybody to know what that's like. And especially like when you're older and like, you've got these kids, they're like, do you understand? Everybody's talking and you've got that wing's beefing with this wing. They, they're your ops. This guy's your ops. you got to... Do you understand? And it's like... And you, but you went in with a name. You went musically with a name where people knew you were. Yeah, quite, yeah quite, quite, quite a lot of people knew me. So when I was in there, so like loads of people were... Was it positive? Was it negative? Was it, was it still haters? Like, how, how does that work? I didn't, I didn't have no problems in prison, to be honest with you. I literally had, I, like, I heard, like, I heard so much rumours. I got knocked out, my teeth came out, this, that, I got rushed. I heard so much rumours, but, like, literally, I didn't even have one argument through, through, throughout the whole five months that I was in. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. So it's like... But at the same time, it was COVID. So there wasn't like a lot of wings uh, mixing. So you couldn't like free flow and bump into bare, bare different people. So there was other people on other wings and stuff, but you didn't really see much people. Cause it was like, cause you're 23 hours, you're on your cell. Okay, so when you hear about these rumors that aren't true, like what, where, where, do, where do they come from or what? I feel like, I feel like, it, I feel like it just comes from jealousy. And I feel like it just comes from jealousy and hating and, and you gotta understand that like, when you're doing something, people wanna see you fall. They wanna see you drop. So like the amount of people that were happy that I was arrested and went to prison, like there was loads of people that were happy. He's getting Okay, okay what, what was that? Was that rappers? Was that just people from the roads? What was it? What was it? Most... I think it was quite a lot of people. Do you understand? Like, I think it was just just a lot of people like I heard like see, see, look, look, look. I heard bare people saying this, he's getting thirty five years, he's done, he's finished, he's rubbed out, blah blah blah, this and that. There was like all that, like all of that kind of like negative energy and stuff. And then, I don't know, I feel like- How, how did how, how that get to you though? Cause that was, was that more online stuff or was it? It was online stuff. It was, it, it was online stuff. It was also just stuff that was just on the streets. It was stuff that was in Canary Wharf. It was stuff like around the traders and stuff like that. Like the traders were saying the, 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 the like, and then there was like, yeah, a lot of stuff was in like Canary Wharf and stuff. And um, did it get to me? I don't know. I I don't like. I I can't. I can't see them. I ignore it. Like I don't know. Like when I mean a tiny bit. Like when people say he's gonna get thirty-five years. Ha ha ha. I mean it doesn't feel good. Do you understand? When you got people saying you're gonna get thirty-five years of your life and then they're laughing, it, it doesn't feel good, you know. But I don't. I'll hold that thought for two seconds and then that thought will, and that thought kicks straight out of my mind straight away and I just ignore it. But what I want to this one's asking you. Right? You don't have to answer it. Can't try and get no one into trouble, yeah? Okay, cool. But, bro, going through all these things, yeah, like, having a, like, a woman by your side must be kind of key. Someone who's going to, like, back you through your cause. Like, so did you, did you have that? Did you have a woman who was supporting okay. you? Yeah, so literally I had, so literally I got, I, got, I got a girlfriend, like a long-term girlfriend. And obviously, like, she supported me a lot. And she, she probably supported me when she shouldn't support me, to be honest with you. And like, uh, she helped me a lot, like literally through everything. So she was kind of like my backbone and like, uh, like, it's good when you have someone like that and someone with a mindset. And then when you're going through like a mad situation where you're in prison and then she's there and then she's helping me and do you understand? And it's like, 
it's it's like and plus my girl she knows me do you understand like it's not like I've been with her a very long time like from when I was a kid so it's not built on like finances or finance even though I still had money when I met her because I had money from a young age do you understand from like trading and um yeah, I think I think having I think having a good woman there is, is important. No. Also, your mum, how, how's your mum handled all of this then? My mum, I mean, like my mum, yeah, she's like she's like one of the mums. Like my mum, she like die for me, and my mum would jump in front of a bus for me. Like I don't know, you know, like some families like they don't have mums that really care about them. Like my family's like a close gripped community, like. Like, my family, they're gonna die. My sister's gonna jump in front of a truck. <laughs> Do you understand? Like, so for me, it's like. It's more supportive, isn't it? Yeah, my mum will always support me. My mum will always support me. And it's like, um, I mean, like, she, like, when everything happened, she was just like genu genuinely like scared for me, you know? And she would just be there, court case, this, that. Like, if my court case is, I don't know, if my court case is at the other side of the world, like, my mum's gonna travel there on a bus. My mum's gonna walk there. If she has to walk there and it takes her 10,000 hours, she's gonna walk there. Do you understand? So for me, it was like, um, yeah, like in terms of that family and that, my family will always be there for me. So that's one, and my girl. Do you understand? My girl's well, she, she, I've been with her a long time and I can't say one bad thing about her. Bro, let me, let me, let me move off that a little. Let's go, let's go into the music, bro. All right. Labels. Has any labels tried to reach out to you, bro? Not really, to be honest with you. I find out. I find out. Not A and R's. I know. Oh yeah, I've had A and R's. Yeah, yeah, I've had. I've but had what, 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 what are A and R's like? Because again, I work in the industry in it. But yeah. what kind of things are these A and R's like trying to say? Like, are they like how are they approaching you? I mean, I feel like they contacted me and, and they've said certain things. But I feel like a lot of people think I'm unapproachable. I think they get that kind of unapproachable vibe. And also, I know like some of the labels. Also, I know they're a bit scared of me. Do you understand? In terms of like, not like scared of me, but like in, in terms of they think that I bring, I bring a certain like kind of vibe that they think, ooh, do you understand? And sometimes some people have said like, I've heard they've said things to labels like, oh, he said he ain't signing for a million or he said he ain't signing for this or he ain't signing for that. And I just don't know where they got their information from. But it seems like, is this gonna happen, man? It seems like there's a common theme that there's a lot of, there's a lot of whispers that happen and you seem like you've got a small circle, bro. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of people are saying things that aren't correct and it's kind of like almost not railroading what you're trying to do, but because, bro, like, as, you, as we said off mic, like, you don't, you're not going to sign a deal for the money, per se. Do you get me? Like, you don't need the money to have what you've yeah. already got. Do you get me? Like, from the record deal. So For me, like, um, it's, it's, it's not about the money. It's like, say, for instance, like, I don't know, a label came up to me and then they said, like, look, we're going to sign you. And then say, for because me, I, I think about, one, the exposure. I think about the percentages. At the end of the day, when I go into business with anyone, I don't want to go, like, if I go into business with you, I don't want it to be a business deal where it's just me making money. It has to be mutual beneficial because that's how I feel like long-lasting friendships, businesses, that's how they get to higher places because we have to make money together. If it's just me making money, it doesn't make sense. When I hear you, bruv, you're, I think you've got to understand that you're a successful black man, but I think people try and minimise as he's a rapper. Mm -hmm. But I think in real life, bro, like, they should be writing, you should be on like these Forbes lists. Mm -hmm. Did you get me? Because we don't have too many people who can actually, bro, especially with no real formal education. Did you get me? That's my yeah. personal take. I, don't, I, I think being a rapper somewhat minimises mm -hmm. in an ignorant way your actual accomplishment as a, as the person who you actually are, bro. Do you get me, bro? When I've seen this, I think, bro, 
might as well be a footballer, bro. He's just talking all the things I think footballers can get, bro. Because it's just, it's just, it's, it's just know, crazy. Do you know what it is? Yeah, it's like there were times I was making like a hundred grand in a day, three hundred grand, and I'm, I, I'm sitting, and I'm sitting there, and I'm putting on my laptop, and I'm saying, I just made three hundred bags, I just made a hundred bags, I just made half a mil, I just made a quarter mil, and so it's like, even though some people might, like. Look at like, say for instance, they might say, oh, you spent a hundred grand on clothes or you spent this and spent on that. Everything I do tactical. I'm never gonna, like, maybe when I was a kid, I might make, say for instance, like example, I made a hundred pound a month and then I'll spend 80 pound of it blowing it and then only have 20 pound. But that was like young. But now, like, not even now, in the last seven years, I don't work like that. So like, for instance, this fishing mill, I paid 140,000. I think it's like 330 grand now. But when I bought it for 140,000, I made the same, I made, I think that week, I made like 200 grand, I think 220, just from like, literally from like, um, just from like my stocks and the trades that I did. So for me, so, so for me, it was like, I made that, but then the next week I made way more. So I'll never, I'll never, even then, I thought it was a bit expensive because I made 220 and I literally spent more than half my money. Do you understand? On a watch, which, but usually I try to keep my percentages down to like 20%, 20%, 30%, 80%, 80 I invest. And I save a little bit to the side for, my, for myself. I try to keep myself as humble as possible, apart from like where I'm living or the car I'm driving, I just have just a decent car. Yeah. Cars and that, right? Like, are you, are you, like what's your thing? Like, obviously I know you've got jewelry, but what is like, what's your, is it cars, is it watches? All right, this is gonna be, bro, like, my passion is reading. I know it's fucking weird, yeah. It's weird, yeah. It's weird, but I love reading. I love like I love learning new stuff. Like, I love businesses. I love like I love like going into new ventures. That's what gets my heart beating. Like I love it like, like starting a new business. Like even if it doesn't work out, I, I love learning new things. And so for me, it's like traveling. I love traveling to all these different countries, seeing different cultures, seeing how. What's, what's the best country you've gone to? All right, the best country. I loved, I did love Germany and Barcelona. Really, Germany? Yeah, Dusseldorf. <laughs> Barcelona. Yeah. What, what was it like? Okay, what, I, I think I've been Germany briefly. What was it about Germany for you, though? All right, Germany, yeah. I can't lie, it was amazing, man. That's how I got out of I'm reading between the lines, but I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Nah, Germany, Jeanette is, yeah. Can't always be the country, bro. Jeanette is, the thing about Germany, because i got loads of friends in, like, different countries and stuff, yeah, but Germany, like, Germany, it was just, like, I don't know, I had, like, a whole life there, man. It was, like, I was just travelling all over the country, and it was, like, okay, I did go, did quite a bit of partying there. So, did quite, so, like, this is all before, like, I had Snapchat, this and that, I had some, like, lit years, do you understand? Like, Barcelona... Like I had, a, like I had, a, I had a big, I had like a, I had a villa there. I had a swimming pool. I had a tennis court. I had bare rooms. Do you understand? I had like a big, massive like lawn. So I, I used to just come out. Everyone's in like the pool swimming. Everyone's just eating food, relaxing. Everyone's chilling. I got my family around me. Everyone's just like living life. Like Marbella, I liked it, but Barcelona was just lit for, for me. Like a couple of my family members, they lived in like. Marbella, I did. I did like Marbella as well. I used to, I used to like, I did like Marbella, but Barcelona for me, it was just like going out there, going down to the beach, going to Choco, going to the restaurants. I love did you, just, did you learn the language? I can speak like I can speak a little. I can speak a little bit of Spanish, and a little bit of German also. 
Do you find that like the UK, well, London specifically, you don't get too much bang for your buck in terms of like your money is like so expensive. Oh, it's definitely expensive. I feel like I feel like like it's mad expensive. London's like I don't understand how people are surviving. Do you understand? Like how are you surviving to buy these expensive clothes? I don't understand it. I listen. I got money. I don't even understand it. <laughs> Do you understand? I, I look at myself and I say, boy, <laughs> and like, I don't know, man. I feel like because Adele was saying it as well. Adele, even though she's living in LA, Adele saying that London obviously is relative because she's hundred m's deep. But she was like, <laughs> London's expensive. But I think everyone's just thinking like, why does it cost so much? We don't get so much for your money. Like, you don't get the best transportation. You're not like you're not really getting the best of anything. Do you get me? I feel like it's just ridiculous. Like every everything, the price. I feel like we're in a big bubble as well. Like we're in a big financial bubble. Like everything's overpriced and just like you can just see just in terms of like how inflation and how it's just eroding your money supply. Like when you just go and buy something. Like look at like smoothies are like seven, eight pound. Like bro, look how quick a tenner goes. Like you go to a cafe, you go to a tenner's gone. How are we surviving out here? How are people surviving? Even on like say for instance like two grand a month, eighteen hundred or two. How are you surviving? Do you it's, I feel like it's a really scary place, man, for people if they haven't got like enough financial literacy and stuff like that. And especially with that like, Instagram, social media. Because, bro, even from here, like, you put, I've seen in the camera, bro, those, those chains, they dance, bro. Like, you can, like, it's, everything is appealing. I think someone will be thinking, like, I need to get a chain, like, CM, I need to, you know. But I think, do you ever feel like, not that I'm leading them down the wrong way, but for them not to really just look at, just the finance. A hundred million percent, man. I say, like, to anyone watching this interview and stuff, like, like at the end of the day, get, get like, I'm not going to tell you don't go blow your money because I've been at that stage where, do you understand, maybe you might think you're going to get all the girls because you got the clothes or the I, like, I kind of understand it, do you understand? So, like, if you need to go through that phase and you need to start blowing all your money, then you're going through hard times. If, if that's what you need to do, then do that. But I, I, I would, like, because sometimes you might just need to experience that in order to understand to then move forward. But, like me personally I'll say like you have to kind of like focus on your investments and I know sometimes you might see your friends they might have like more clothes than you or more watches or they might be getting like more girls than you or etc but I feel like you should just kind of focus on yourself and sometimes these things are not going to happen in a year they're not going to happen in two years it might be five years it might be six years do you understand and then and then you, you just have to work in it don't be scared like he might be getting more likes than you or he's getting all this or he's getting all the pussy or he's, do you understand? Like at the end of the day, just be yourself and be you, do you understand? And like, like, do you understand? Even though you see me on here, I got, I don't know, you know what, what the fuck's this tracksuit called? A Celine tracksuit. Listen, after I finish this the next day, but I'm in a night tracksuit, don't best believe that. So I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm not out here trying to bullshit you, do you understand? I have got loads of designer, but do you understand? My everyday is Nike, this, that. Primark t-shirts, Zara t-shirts. I'm gonna keep it 100. I want to make money, not spend it. Do you understand? But yeah, man. I I just feel like if if you're like on social media, like I understand the pressures that social media brings. So, but just just also understand that like it's not always about the spotlight and like um like just 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 focus on actually making money, generational wealth. Do you understand? Buying the right assets. That are gonna appreciate over time and um and like do you understand like at the end of the day like maybe you might think like oh because you haven't got so much money like that girl is not interested in you or this buff instagram thing or this sex then let her go you ain't got you know chase gal chase gal for what bruv do you understand bruv 
when you know who you are, bro, you are who you are. Do you understand? You wait, the right girl will come. And when you focus on yourself, and you might see it like next man now or making mad money now. Bro, when you focus on yourself and you build on that, bro, in five, ten years, bro, no one's going to be able to chat to you. And then you're going to be stunting on them on a whole different level. Do you understand? To the stunt where, do you understand? Their stunting is going to be clothes, jewellery, all the shit that I've got, but without any financial assets. Do you understand? So... That's what I want to put across to all the, to, to like the young guys that are like trying to think. It's, it's not a race. Slow down, stay focused, take your time, make mistakes. You lose money, you make money, keep going, keep it straight, be honest in business, move forward, you get bigger connections, networks, etc. Bro, last, last couple questions. <clears throat> if you can speak on it, um, what is the most expensive purchase you've done? Mm, okay, I, I, in terms of watches, jewellery, properties, houses? Uh, I'd say I spent about, mm, most expensive. All right, this is the most expensive watch that was purchased, so it's 140. Uh, most expensive chains, 86,000. So I think that's, well, my most expensive pendant, so I spent 33,000 on a pendant, and I spent, I think, about uh, 52 on a chain. Uh, what else? Um, I think on clothes, most expensive jackets, maybe like about eight, about nine grand or something like that. Most expensive jacket. Yeah. I think. Um, what else? I think. Yeah, I think they're like the kind of like most expensive things. I've lost a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> I've lost a lot of money. Huge amounts of money I've lost. <laughs> so that that goes in like I've lost like huge amounts of money. I'd say definitely. Was that for like, um, bad investments? Yeah, bad investments. Like I've lost like I've lost like investments of like a million plus and stuff like that. Yeah, I've, I've lost. I've, I've cried sometimes. <laughs> I'm gonna say like, from, like, I think like I think like what I think like like one guy bumped me one time. Yeah, so like so it's you know what it is it's just crazy how you do it. Yeah, because like I've been bumped for like just over a mil before. Yeah, and then. <laughs> Bro, listen, I, I feel like cutting a bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just over a meal. <laughs> anyway. And then, and then, but then, I've been bumped for like, like it was, it was like, it was, it was, a, it, it was within a trade I did with another trader where we came together, and he basically bumped me, yeah. And then the other, but at that time, I still had a lot of money, so like, there was another time. I got I, I I got bumped and that was for about I think that was like how much was that fifty grand or a hundred grand oh it's fifty grand but twice in like repetition yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that time listen killed me listen 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 killed me yeah when I tell you that listen that burnt me remember because these times I got like I think I got like. I, I, I got like, and, I, and at the moment, like the markets are all mad at the moment. Do you get me? Like all the markets are all mad. And then I'm thinking like, like I've got like 20 grand left or something like that. Yeah, I've got like 20 grand to my name, yeah. And it's like, the mill, nothing to do with the, the 50, I think the 50 or 100 quid. That was like literally nothing to do with that one. Listen, that one burnt the heart. No, like I'm, I'm telling you, it burnt the soul. The soul came out of me. Do you understand? I got, I got like, I had, I had people with like, like, listen, that one, that I think that one I got grey hairs from. I think that one I literally got, but then the other ones, like now I don't have an attachment to it. So I know. And plus I feel like, 
Like me, anyone I do business with, so anyone I might set up a company with or I might do this, I always make sure, I make sure my name comes off, the, off of it perfect. So no matter anyone I've done business with, they will always turn around and they will say to you, well, C. Montana is a good guy. He's 100%. He's trustworthy. The guy's straight down the middle. And then through that type of things, it's like, I just network a lot. And so it's easy for me to kind of pivot through things. And then straight away, I just say, well, my name and that's it, done. No, 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 this, that, just your name, done. What, blah, okay, go do your research. Done, finished. Do you get me? And so, yeah. And then I just started getting known by like a lot of traders, Forex people, and then I was, I was mixing around in like some of the financial hubs in Germany and stuff like that. And then it was like, I was just, I was just getting about, man, I was on it. I think the worst place I lived was China. So I was, in, I was in China for three months, I was in Guangzhou. And that was like, like, that was the worst place ever I lived, man. It was like toxicated, everyone's walking around with umbrellas, it's hot, but there's no sun. Do you understand? It's just heat. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's hot. And then I was, I was eating McDonald's every single day, kind of walking into like, the shops, they got these mad sweets. And then it's like, um, like one time I was in some place and I was eating it. I remember Chinese over here in UK is not Chinese in China. Do you understand? It, it, what we eat here is like their next version. Their Chinese in China is their actual Chinese food. So I'm sitting there eating it, eating it in a bowl. Next to you, you know, there's stuff cooling in a bowl. Mm. And it's safe for me. I heard Shanghai is lit, but I went in Shanghai. I was in like the bits where all the factories are going to all the different factories and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, that was my worst place ever. And then also, bro, to quickly, you got some film, your movie that you're in, and then, a, and then a film that you're in a concert to produce. Okay, so we've got a short film coming out with uh, T1. I'm also acting in it. And so uh, T1 came to me with the idea to do some films. So I spoke with a few people, some investors. Wait, T1, the, the Brom guy, right? Yeah, he's the oh, Birmingham yeah, guy, the actor, yeah. yeah. And so he came, to, he came to me with uh, a thing on doing a short film and I listened to what he had to say. And then I got some investors and also T1 got some investors. And so then we all kind of came together, put together the short film. Seems quite good. It's, it's not on like a big budget, but it's still a decent budget. And then uh, I think it's coming out like uh, New Year's, New Year's Day. But it looks quite good. It's like shot in a prison. There's bare different roles. Do you understand? I feel like it's, I feel like it's going to be really good, this one. And then also he's come to me with another script, which we're going to do for, well, I think we're going to do as long as all the investors agree, which we're going to do like a really big production with like a proper, like, with like um, a good film set, a really healthy budget. And um, kind of see how that goes. Because the script that he, he's written, I really like it. And if all the investors agree and they're willing to put their money in, then we're going to go for that one and then see if it can go on like Netflix and the rest. Nah, sick, man. <clears throat> Bro, and lastly, kind of like, what, what would you say now is like, what's the ambition now, though? I mean, my, obviously, minus freedom's a must in it, but yeah. oh, God willing, when you, when you surpass that, because yeah. you've achieved so much so young. Like, what, what, what do you feel is like, what's the next level for you? Uh, I feel like the next level for me is just like, I don't know, like, I've always wanted to be a billionaire. I'm going to be a billionaire regardless, do you understand? Because, like, even, like, when I had a grand in my pocket, I knew I was going to be a millionaire. So, for me, I don't know, I don't, like, I wouldn't say it's, like, money-based, to be honest with you. Like, before it would be money-based, but I, I, I don't know. My, my aims are, like, to, um, I don't know, just do, like, some big major companies do some big major companies with some major revenue and 
I just want to, I want to live in multiple countries. So I want to move to America. So I want to have a place in LA, place in Miami, place in London, and then just, just normal stuff, or not normal stuff, but like private jets and just, and just have like an income that's extremely sustainable and where whatever my income is, my lifestyle's only like maybe 4%. So if I make 100% in a month or something like that, I want my expenses to be at a maximum 6%. Do you understand? So that's, that's my aim. And just at the same time, I want to do, um, looking to do some, I've got some projects on the, on the way in Africa. I don't want to talk too much on them. They're quite big projects that, that I'm involved in at the moment. And off of the project that I'm doing, I want to build a school. And obviously, hopefully, I'll come off this and I can go over there and speak to some of the, um, like the politicians over there, see if I can get some land and just build us and build like a, I want to build like a big school. But like a big one with like loads of teachers, swimming pools, like maybe do like a couple hundred kids and then off the proceeds of my other investment, maybe I use like 5% or 3% off that with obviously my partner who I'm doing it with. If he's happy and he agrees with that, that that's fine to do. Then um, we use like the 3% just to pay, pay the wages of the teachers and everything in the school. Because then at least that, and that's it's cheap. Yeah, yeah, and it's cheap. Really impacting lives, man. I think it's it, bro, I want to thank you for your time because <clears throat> for me it was like, like, you, bro, you're super smart. Super smart. And it's like, just hearing the way you talk, like, it's even like, because when you talk about like expenses and income, that's exactly how I was when I was in, when I was working in the city. So when I, when I left my job, I was able to finance myself for like three years. But that's only because I had like, yo, I have 20% here and I have a certain amount of money I just keep in cash. Because I understood when you go in some places, you put cash down, you get a better rate. Do you get me? So there's like certain little things I was, I was clocking, but. I didn't really get those cues from one of my boys. My boys weren't giving me that information. Yeah. Do you get me? You have to go. You have to, you have to read or go elsewhere. Yeah. You can. You can either. There's because there's only like three places you get it from. You get it from books. You get it from books. You get it from YouTube, or you get it from a mentor. But I hope now when people like hear some of the things you're saying, bro, they, they will have a reference point for that, man. But lastly, bro, is there anything that you want to speak on? Anything you want to address or anything to say to your fans? My fans, uh, I just want to say like to like the people that are looking and stuff like whatever you're going through in life like no matter how hard it is and no matter how difficult it is no matter your situation your bank balance what trauma you might be going through like i just want you to know that you just can't give up in life and just you've got to stay focused even in the worst times so even if you're broke now you lost money this person did this this person done that male female whatever you're going through your boyfriend did this your boyfriend's robbed you girlfriend did this girlfriend just keep pushing man do you understand just make the best of life, make the best of now. Appreciate what you have, be grateful, and just start every day as it comes.